0: This is the Bible in Wenya, day 365, how to begin and end. One young woman asked me the following questions. What will it be like in heaven? What will our heavenly bodies look like? Will we be able to fly? Will we be sexless? Will we be able to see the Garden of Eden? Will we recognize family and friends? What sort of friendships will we have? What will we do? Will there be Bible studies and Alpha? Who is in the congregation? The Bible does not give the answers to all our questions. I have a book on my bookshelf entitled 50 Remarkable Events Pointing to the End. Written in 1997, it predicted that Jesus could return by AD 2000. This is one of many attempts to predict the timing of the end that have turned out to be false. That is why... Tony Campolo wisely says he wants to be on the welcoming committee rather than the planning committee. We are not told when the end will come, but we are told about the how and the who. The key is the who. Jesus says, I am the beginning and the end. Of course, the end and the beginning appear very different. However, there can be significant similarities to both the beginning and the end. From Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary.
1: Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. Praise Him with tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with the strings and pipe. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath
0: praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Begin and end with worship. In the end, God's servants will offer God's service, worshiping. Their look on His face, their foreheads mirroring God. Our response to seeing God face to face will be eternal worship. The book of Psalms ends with Hallelujah, translated here Praise the Lord. Psalm 150 itself begins and ends with Hallelujah, Praise the Lord. All of us are called to worship. Let every living, breathing creature praise God. First, worship everywhere. The worship of God should fill the universe. Praise God in his holy house of worship. Praise him under the open skies. Second, worship him for everything. Praise God for who he is, his surpassing greatness, and what he has done, his acts of power. Third, worship in every way. Praise God with everything you have, including every type of music and dancing. Lord, I praise you for your surpassing greatness and your acts of power. I worship you as the creator of the entire universe. Yet you love me personally. New Testament from Revelation 22.
1: The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign for ever and ever. The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, Don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of this scroll. Worship God. Then he told me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this scroll, because the time is near. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right. And let the holy person continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the First and the Last, the Beginning and the End. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the Tree of Life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright morning star. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come, let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this scroll. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus.
0: The grace of the Lord Jesus Be with God's people. Amen. Begin and end with Jesus. In the end, it is all about Jesus. It always has been about Jesus. It always will be about Jesus. Begin now to focus your life, your thoughts, your ministry, your evangelism and everything else on Jesus. The Bible begins with Jesus. The creation of the universe was actually through Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through him, all things were made. The Bible also ends with Jesus. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. We see how the world will be in the end, the language is figurative. It's not an exact description, but it's full of images of life and blessing. The Bible begins and ends with the tree of life, symbolizing God's life of blessing and his good plan for his people. In the new heaven and the new earth, there will be the river of the water of life. This will fulfill the prophecy in Ezekiel 47, which Jesus related to rivers of living water flowing from him, Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. It will bring healing to the nations. How desperately that is needed, both within countries and between nations. How wonderful it will be when the United Nations becomes a reality. The tree of life bearing fruit continually, which was there at the beginning, from which humankind was barred because of sin, will be available again, all, The curse of Eden will be revoked. The word for tree, xylos, is sometimes used in the New Testament to describe the cross. In the end, you will see God's face. No one could see God and live. But in the new heaven and the new earth, you will see his face and his name will be on your forehead. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and you will reign with him forever and ever. There is so much to look forward to in the new heaven and the new earth. Jesus promises, I am coming soon. No wonder that the Spirit and the Bride, the Church, say, Come, and let those who hear say, Come. Let those who are thirsty come and let all who wish take the free gift of the water of life. The Bible is one long invitation to come to Jesus. In him, you find the meaning and purpose of your life. Part of that purpose is to invite others to come so that they too will find refreshment and fulfillment in the water of life that Jesus pours out on all who come to him. The Holy Spirit and the Church invite people to come and to receive the amazing gifts God has for them rather than missing out on the wonders of the holy city they pray too for the return of Jesus come Lord Jesus Lord thank you that one day I will drink the water of life to my heart's content thank you that I will see you face to face and I will reign with you forever and ever come Lord Jesus. Old Testament from Nehemiah 13
1: On that day the book of Moses was read aloud in the hearing of the people, and there it was found written that no Ammonite or Moabite should ever be admitted into the assembly of God, because they had not met the Israelites with food and water, but had hired Balaam to call a curse down on them. Our God, however, turned the curse into a blessing. When the people heard this law, they excluded from Israel all who were of foreign descent. Before this, Eliashib, the priest, had been put in charge of the storerooms of the house of our God. He was closely associated with Tobiah, and he had provided him with a large room formerly used to store the grain offerings and incense and temple articles, and also the tithes of grain, new wine and olive oil prescribed for the Levites, musicians and gatekeepers, as well as the contributions for the priests. But while all this was going on, I was not in Jerusalem. For in the thirty-second year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, I had returned to the king. Some time later, I asked his permission and came back to Jerusalem. Here I learned about the evil thing Eliaship had done in providing Tobiah a room in the courts of the house of God. I was greatly displeased and threw all Tobiah's household goods out of the room. I gave orders to purify the rooms, and then I put back into them the equipment of the house of God with the grain offerings and the incense. I also learned that the portions assigned to the Levites had not been given to them, and that all the Levites and musicians responsible for the service had gone back to their own fields. So I rebuked the officials and asked them, Why is the house of God neglected? Then I called them together and stationed them at their posts. All Judah brought the tithes of grain, new wine, and olive oil into the storerooms. I put Shelemiah the priest, Zadok the scribe, and a Levite named Padiah in charge of the storerooms, and made Hanan son of Zakur, the son of Mataniah, their assistant, because they were considered trustworthy. They were made responsible for distributing the supplies to their fellow Levites. Remember me for this, my God, and do not blot out what I have so faithfully done for the house of my God and its services. In those days I saw people in Judah treading wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in grain and loading it on donkeys, together with wine, grapes, figs, and all other kinds of loads, and they were bringing all this into Jerusalem on the Sabbath. Therefore I warned them against selling food on that day. People from Tyre who lived in Jerusalem were bringing in fish and all kinds of merchandise and selling them in Jerusalem on the Sabbath to the people of Judah. I rebuked the nobles of Judah and said to them, What is this wicked thing you are doing, desecrating the Sabbath day? Didn't your ancestors do the same things, so that our God brought all this calamity on us and on this city? Now you are stirring up more wrath against Israel by desecrating the Sabbath. When evening shadows fell on the gates of Jerusalem before the Sabbath, I ordered the doors to be shut and not opened until the Sabbath was over. I stationed some of my own men at the gates, so that no load could be brought in on the Sabbath day. Once or twice, the merchants and sellers of all kinds of goods spent the night outside Jerusalem. But I warned them and said, Why do you spend the night by the wall? If you do this again, I will arrest you. From that time on, they no longer came on the Sabbath. Then I commanded the Levites to purify themselves and go and guard the gates in order to keep the Sabbath day holy. Remember me for this also, my God, and show mercy to me according to your great love. Moreover, in those days I saw men of Judah who had married women from Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab. Half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod or the language of one of the other peoples and did not know how to speak the language of Judah. I rebuked them and called curses down on them. I beat some of the men and pulled out their hair. I made them take an oath in God's name and said, You are not to give your daughters in marriage to their sons, nor are you to take their daughters in marriage for your sons or for yourselves. Was it not because of marriages like these that Solomon, king of Israel, sinned? Among the many nations there was no king like him. He was loved by his God, and God made him king over all Israel, but even he was led into sin by foreign women. Must we hear now that you too are doing all this terrible wickedness? and are being unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women? One of the sons of Joedah, son of Eliashib, the high priest, was son-in-law to Sanballat the Horonite, and I drove him away from me. Remember them, my God, because they defiled the priestly office and the covenant of the priesthood and of the Levites. So I purified the priests and the Levites of everything foreign, and assigned them duties, each to his own task. I also made provision for contributions of wood at designated times and for the first fruits.
0: Remember me with favor, my God. Begin and end with love. The book of Nehemiah, like the Bible as a whole, begins and ends with love. Nehemiah begins by praying. O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love. As the book of Nehemiah draws to an end, he prays, Remember me for this also, O my God, and show mercy to me according to your great love. In this last chapter, we read of Nehemiah's final reforms. They read from the book of Moses how our God turned the curse into a blessing. This is the pattern throughout the Bible. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. What you are facing in your life right now may seem like a curse, a health issue, a battle in a relationship, a difficult boss, or whatever. It may seem like a curse, but God can turn the curse into a blessing. As a good leader, Nehemiah chose to delegate to people considered trustworthy and faithful those who had a reputation for honesty and hard work. Sometimes God tests our faithfulness. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you're asked to do something that you really don't want to do, or to submit to authority when everything in your being wants to resist it? But these challenges are opportunities to do something, not because it's fun or exciting, but in faithfulness with a good attitude and with integrity, and God rewards such faithfulness. Nehemiah achieved so much, but he could not change the hearts of the people. They had promised wholehearted commitment to the Lord, but they were unable to deliver. The problem of human sin still remained. Nehemiah warns them, he rebukes them, he wants them to be pure but it is in vain. Nehemiah's frustration points us forward to Jesus, the only one who could deal with the problem of the human heart and deal with our sin. Again and again, Nehemiah asked to be remembered with favor because he had faithfully served God, but ultimately he trusts in God's mercy and love. Remember me for this also, O my God, and show mercy to me according to your great love. Nehemiah, like all of us, needed to be the recipient of God's mercy and love, which was displayed supremely as Jesus died in our place. As Paul wrote to the Romans, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Lord, thank you that in the new heaven and the new earth I will enjoy your great love forever and ever. Thank you that right now I know your love through the death and resurrection of Jesus, and I experience your love poured into my heart by the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, I will praise your name forever and ever. Pepper adds,
1: Psalm 150 verse 1-6 to talks about praising God. Twelve times it tells us to praise God in different ways. It's good to end this year praising God for
0: all that he has done.